This is the Queer Soul Spotlight, a podcast where LGBTQ plus people share their stories to show that there are infinite ways to be queer. I have, I say this every episode, a very special guest, but honestly, this is one I've been really looking forward to. Um, today, I have artist, renaissance artist of many ways and forms, Junior Mint. Um, Junior and I went to college together. They fucking brightened up everyone's lives with their gorgeous smile and just radiating sunshine energy. And they are absolutely crushing life right now, doing some amazing, amazing shit. And they're gonna tell you all about it. Please welcome Junior Men. Hello, hello. Hi. If I had like a little studio band, they'd be like playing a little intro set, uh, <laughs> like little walk out. We love to hear it. I'm oh very my god! To be here. Thank you for I'm being here. Honestly, mm-hmm. like, it just you so much embody really what this whole project for me is getting to, which is showing real, authentic human examples of people that felt maybe so trapped by their options and the circumstances, and then fought to really create a life where they can thrive in whatever queer fabulous ways that manifests um for people that have the very sad misfortune to not know you up until (laughs) this point but they know you now um how would you sort of best describe your various identities specifically queer identities knowing that things can be fluid and change but like how do you sort of see yourself fitting into the broader queer community Oh, yeah. I'm um, a Black trans queer woman who is honestly queer in every sense of the word, mainly because it. I like to think that part of being queer is allowing yourself to be open enough to see yourself as a changing human being. Yes. And I allow myself the fluidity to wake up and see how I feel that day and, like, take it from there and not have any expectations put onto myself in terms of, like, society or me putting it on myself of okay i'm a black trans woman i need to work wake up and feel like i need to wear a skirt every goddamn day i need to leave (laughs) with the makeup on i'm already a black trans woman so however i do it is how i do it and i think even that mindset is a queer one absolutely and also like get afford yourself the luxuries that cisgender women get like they can wear Mm -hmm. pants they cannot mm-hmm. wear makeup. How come, you know, of course you free yourself from the expectations and stereotypes of society, but then you are still policing yourself and mm-hmm. getting to be like, that's the same thing. Let me free myself from the version of myself that I'm trying to be free from. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, it does, you know, good to start to understand yourself and then immediately start putting limitations on that self. Right? Yeah. Oh, I finally mm. understand this about myself, which means I am this and I'm in this exactly. tiny box. And then it's you're just in a jail of your own infliction at that point. Exactly. And there and there's no freedom in that. No, none. Um, if anything, it's harder because you're like, where did this come from? I feel so boxed in. And it's like, it's you. It's you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How tell me a little bit about like really since the lovely year of our Lord 2017 when we graduated. Um, what, I mean, aside from 
a global pandemic. Um, what else? What have you been doing? Like, how did we get from junior graduating senior year to junior mint artist extraordinaire in front of me? Well, I had started off. Well, I did, I knew I needed to leave Boston because that was an interesting experience of a city, and even yes. down to like. Even down to the white man at our graduation who said the N word twice. Oh, go- I wow, yeah. Let's remember that. Yeah, but yep. it was a quote, I- Junior. It's okay because it was a quote, and it's like, <laughs> oh, my friend, no. Never so quickly had I made eye contact with my mom in the audience. I don't know how I found her in that whole stadium, but immediately I looked around because there's like. Black people at Emerson made up less than one percent of the school's population. Oh, yeah, so like, we're, we're, we, easy to find. We fit, in, we fit in the cultural center. We could fit in the cultural center and close the door, and we'd all be safe in there. You and can socially was, distance. <laughs> truly, oh my God, double that twelve feet apart. <laughs> it was one of those cities where I knew I needed to leave, and what I studied scenic design, and so when I moved to New York. I moved that same, like, three months after graduation, and I was, like, apprenticing at, like, um, Second Stage in New York City Center and, like, with all these amazing people. And one of my favorite people I got to assist was Danielle Worrell. She, um, scenic designer for In the Heights. She's one of the first women to win the Tony Award for scenic design. And she's fucking phenomenal as a person. And it was so interesting because I was apprenticing her at New York City Center that, like, the summer of 2018 and it was so interesting because we were sitting in the theater and I was making this model for a set that she designed and she just looks at me and goes junior you know you don't want to do this right and I was like wait what I got like a fifty thousand dollar a year degree that says I do I got debt that (laughs) says I do and she literally goes the only thing you talk about with joy and passion is drag you need to do that and Literally, it was from there that, like, because I was always talking about Drag Race and all the drag shows I was going to. And the moment that, like, she told me that, I signed up for an open competition for new drag performers. Mm -hmm. And once I did that, I didn't win the competition. But from that night, I got two bookings for other gigs. And then as well... um, these three Black women who were all celebrating their 40th birthday together at this space came running up to me. And they just, like, were gushing over me because I did a number about telling Black women to shut up. And they came up to me and said they'd never seen their perspective spoken on a stage before and in a way in which they actually felt it and connected to it. And that I was always connected to that feeling ever since then because... It was that moment where I realized how impactful I could be in a way I never knew that I could. Because I I never performed before that moment. Like, I did seating design because I didn't think I was attractive or funny or entertaining or charismatic to be on a stage. That's the thing. It's not like I ever, like, wanted to go out and, like, do these things. I didn't like myself. Junior, you just described yourself, though. (laughs) That's exactly how I would describe you. (laughs) I... I did not like myself for a very long time. And it was, drag is the thing that got me to the point where I realized that like, oh, these people who like who I call my friends are around me because of who I am, not because like they tolerate who I am. And it was a beautiful moment. And it was the first time that I 
also ever found the community as a queer person in the city that I was looking for. Because I always say I moved to New York looking for Paris is burning, but like I found like a lukewarm Amsterdam. And it was one of those things. It truly, truly, because it was, I would show up to a space and like, Everybody was white. Everybody had a six pack. Everybody was a man and everybody was looking for somebody who looked like them. And oh. it was, Hell's Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen, essentially. And yeah. it was one of- Lukewarm mm. Amsterdam. It's a little, Paris is burning. Amsterdam's oh. a little muggy today. Truly. The, the, the flop a, sequel. A, a low rolling boil. It's it's a little humid today, everyone. Ooh, that's actually one of my favorite things I've ever heard anyone say. And it's so accurate, right? Like, you're supposed mm-hmm. to get, like, everything is, you know, really, really desegregated. And everyone has an equal say at the table. And you're like, mm-hmm. and then you show up and you're like, okay, but, like, where is it? And even, even as, you know, even being non-binary even as a woman when I identified as straight up a woman like going in and being like I'm going to into the theater and they're like well yeah. you're an alto though no. and I'm like and you're not and you don't have a six pack and you're not you don't look like you could be on the bachelorette and I'm That's like exactly it okay so like I already have eight out of ten of the things they want because I got boobs and I'm white but like mm-hmm. They still are gatekeeping even the white people. God forbid you're not white. You're, there's no way. There's there no is, way. <laughs> there's no space. There's no space for anybody there's not, else. There's not standing the room only. You're down the street, getting on a train okay. to somewhere else, and they might be able to fit you in. That's that thing. Like even back to Emerson, the first show, like the first season that we were there with Emerson stage, the first show, Big Love had one black character in it, and she played the maid. The second one was Love of the Nightingale. The only black character was literally enslaved. The third show, um, Lizzie Bryan, the Buckminster board, the only black character, who's also the lead, ends up going insane and dying in an insane assignment. And then yeah. every other show after that had no black person in it. And it was like... Was, was three not enough? Was a slave, a maid, and an insane person not enough? And it's this idea of like... And this goes with queer people in general as well, but especially exactly. queer people of color and especially, especially non... Like transgender non-conforming black people. Like, mm-hmm. take Into the Woods. There was... I'm out here in California. There was a production of Into the Woods. Into the Woods is not real. It is not based on real people. There's... <laughs> It's not based in real life. You can cast anyone as any role. Mm-hmm. And yet this company owned by shockingly upper middle-aged white people. Um, oh my I God. Cool. I didn't oh, see that coming. It's the first kind of theater of its kind. Um, they cast an entirely white cast, an entirely white cisgender, able-bodied cast. And everybody, especially white actors in the area, especially, especially white actors in that cast that didn't know that was about to happen, were like, shut this shit down. It's into the fucking woods. There's, like, I mean, also do this to shows that are historically white and 
quote unquote mm-hmm. should be like dude but into the woods there's a giant there's magical beans oh but we can't we can't have you can't switch up genders we can't have exactly. black people we can't have uh i don't know middle eastern cinderella we can't have a baker's wife mm-hmm. in a wheelchair oh i'm sorry that's just too unrealistic for me and into the woods exactly. like what the fuck and immediately you're gonna love this a different company in the bay area posted their cast list for their production of into the woods okay you're gonna love this and this is how it's done (laughs) what like it's hard okay first of all more than 50 percent people of color and i'm talking every color wide spectrum of various ethnicities and they were not just filling a quota it was intentional and here's how i know all of the people of color were playing characters that at their core are morally good. And the characters that they chose to cast white actors in were the witch, um, the stepmother, like any sort Mm of stereotypically villain characters. Because of course, you know, you, this is what you're saying. Like you have to play a slave, you have to play a maid, you have to play a bad guy, Um, Mm -hmm. which of course I'm preaching to the choir when I'm talking to you, Junior, but like, Clearly, like, this is just furthering, like, black men are scary, black women are sassy and bitches, like, it's really just furthering this whole fucking mm-hmm. agenda that runs everything, and they were mm-hmm. like, okay, not only, not only are we going to have more than 50%, not only is it going to be representing various ethnicities and racial backgrounds, but we are going to make sure that the people of color are playing the good guys, because that is too many people do into the woods also and like let's <laughs> let's fucking change mm-hmm. it up and the fact that it happened at the same time and the first production got fully canceled and then everyone mm. was like go see this one and it was oh, that's the that's- shit that needs to be happening but unfortunately it's the old white people that have the money and power in the theater mm-hmm. also in the everywhere else that, that's the thing if you look around most of the queer spaces in new york they're not owned by queer white. people. Oh, oh God, it's really? not, They're not even owned by queer people. It's kind of like the, um, I can't think of it. Is it Netherlander who owns the Broadway theater? It's like that type of moment where it's like big conglomerates who own multiple of these spaces. And it's one of those things where, like, it, it's weird to go to Stonewall and see corporate logos inside of Stonewall, where you're like... Yeah, Stonewall sponsored by Budweiser. Like... <laughs> And that's the thing. It's so many different wild things where I, because I, at first performing and drag and everything was like, it was it was nice to just get to be around queer people and get to be around like different types of queer people who actually saw the world the way I did and walked through it the way that I did. And it would be like in the dressing rooms that like I'd be learning different makeup tips. I'd be learning things about like how to be safer when going home at night. I'd be learning about how it felt to be trans from a trans person and taking notes and being like, I got to feel the same way. And it was beautiful, but then it you also get to the point of like, at the end of the day, most of nightlife has essentially just been using queer bodies for a profit margin for a company. And yeah. that's very much what I was finding, even down to queer people doing it to queer people. And I was tired of being misgendered in dressing rooms. People um, would ask you to, um, like, if you if your number wasn't, like, an Ariana Grande number where you're trying to death drop, I've had people come up to me and ask me to change my performance. Like, can you do a different number than this one? 
And it's like, you booked the artist, you didn't, I'm not like a doll. You can't just tell me what to do. You booked me to show up and do me. So why are you asking for something different? Like, did you do and no then, research at all? Like into what this artist part. does? That's the worst part. They'll send you a message on Instagram where your pronouns, your work, and everything is on there and then still misgender you until you do something different. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's wild to me because that's part of the reason why, like, the last straw for me was when um, I had a producer tell me not to say Black Lives Matter on a microphone. And it was one of those things where, like, they were like, oh, yeah, nobody wants to dance and party after that. And it was, like, one of those moments where I realized, one, that all you really kind of wanted was a minstrel show. You just wanted my body to be in this space so you could feel like you're woke and have me say nothing. But then on top of it, I don't want to be in a crowd of people who acknowledging the fact that my life matters get depressed. No, like, this is my everyday reality. This is the reason why you need to be excited and willing to fight. Like, you need to be... You should feel empowered by this and feel like there's something you can actually do rather than, oh, all these white people are going to be depressed because they're remembering that black people die every day. And it's oh, one of those gonna, things. You're going to make the very high paying white people feel uncomfortable, but they saw you on Instagram and you're black. So please come to our show so that I feel good about mm-hmm. myself. But don't do that. Don't do what you wanted to do. Just say, yes, slay queen, pussy boots house down, and then do a death drop and then leave, and then I will feel great about myself. Also, like, saying Black Lives Matter, making people depressed, like, no, you, you, my, my immediate response to Black Lives Matter is, yes, awesome! Like, here's a $20 bill, like, let's fucking go! And, oh, that's, that makes me feel really gross Mm. on the inside. Oh, Oh, my God. That's that's why I made my own show, and it was a heavenly. Talk about that. It because the the thing about being black, trans, and queer is that like most of the circumstances surrounding you are never going to really be appealing or make you really be like, yeah, life is great. But it's about the fact that you get to find that joy in it, no matter what. And for me, it's about the fact that I'm like, I'm living in a better time than Marsha got to. And I get to stand on her shoulders and I get to be an example of what she could have possibly gotten to do with her life if it wasn't cut short. And I got to create my own show. Um, It is, um, we always say we're a highly melanated and genuinely extravagant because it's focusing on all of the members of the community who are marginalized within our own spaces. In spaces where these spaces wouldn't exist without black and brown trans sex workers, y'all are kicking sex workers out and dehumanizing black and brown people. And so for me, it was one of those opportunities to give people the opportunity to show up as their fullest selves without having to leave some piece of themselves out. Because so oftentimes it would be, yeah, this is great, but also just change this one thing. And I'm so excited about the fact that we've been going for over three years now and it has like become a whole community. And for about two years and 10 months, it was the only show in New York produced by a Black trans woman. And it is like one of those things for me that now not being the only show produced by a Black trans woman feels amazing because I look around and I'm like, this is what I was hoping to see through taking up this amount of space was hopefully getting to help other people see the fact that we don't have to go along to get along. We can create our own spaces. We don't have to deal with transphobes and racists. We can have solutions, especially when you actually work with your community. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it just comes down to community because 
I can create as many shows as I want, but if it's not actually for the community, nobody's showing up <laughs> who I care about. No. Yes, I can get yes, I can get the cis white gays from Hell's Kitchen. I'll just tell them it's an Ariana Grande night. But to fa- to create something that is actually rooted in the the power we all have to create change, affect change, and open doors and move hurdles out of the way for others is what brings me the most joy. Because, yeah, I look around every show and I'm like surrounded by people who know their power now. And that's the goal. That's the goal. Mm. And you always talk about like your life is about sharing energy and giving energy. Mm -hmm. And, And this is the epitome of that. And I'm sure, you know, if you build it, they will come. Like, it's not like you're the only black trans artist trying to like not what would you say go along to get along mm-hmm. like there it's just it feels so isolating I'm sure where you feel like you're mm-hmm. the only person hitting your head against a wall but you're fi- they're finding you and you're finding them and getting to mm-hmm. carve out the space that should have been there in the first place mm-hmm. that's beautiful and- should have been there. It has been before, but it's been yes. torn down by because even down to Marcia and Sylvia getting kicked out of like the whole gay pride movement and the gay liberation yes. movement because they were trans. That's a, I'm always about remembering the history too because I stand on the shoulders of people who have created amazing, amazing communities, organizations, institutions, all of these different things, but they were taken away, they were erased, and I because I never wanted to seem like I'm doing it for the first time or I'm doing something new. I'm doing what my community has always done. Black yeah. trans queer people have always been creating this like type of space for one another and for other people. And so I always say it because I'm just proud of uh, the fact that I'm a black trans person and that like my legacy is these amazing ancestors who have given me the tools to be able to do what I'm doing now. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's so important because a lot of people think that you know, the, the rise in queer people, like queer people haven't been around this whole time. Um, and also like remembering, like people will even just be like, pride was a riot, pride was a riot. Like, what does that mean? And the fact that (laughs) like, yeah, okay. Like stone who, like really the fact that you can, you should be able to say Marsha and have people know who that is instead of being Mm -hmm. like, Oh, actually let me like give you a little spark notes. Like, we need to know yep. who Marsha P. Johnson was and that what you're doing isn't new or revolutionary. It's not this original idea. It's a continuation jumping off mm-hmm. from generations of beautiful, amazing black and brown trans people, especially trans women who they build this and then mm-hmm. white people, cisgender people, come in and go, oh my God, this is so awesome. Let me, like, I want to be part of this. Also, you're making me feel uncomfortable. So can you just leave? And yep. it's, that's the appropriation that's taking up space where it's, mm-hmm. we owe everything, we owe everything, the entire queer community, like the fun, happy prides mm-hmm. that we get to have, where oh, again, yeah. largely just white people. Um, like, no one knows no one Mm -hmm. and it should be again like this shit needs to be taught in schools this needs to be like give me my pride Mm -hmm. was a riot picture book for my kid like it's mm, it drives me crazy 
and even on top of queer people, it's really the whole world that can look at Stonewall yes. and be thankful. There's no OnlyFans. There's no Pornhub. There's none of these different... Because sexual and queer liberation came from us. The fact that people started feeling comfortable enough to take clothes off in public and wear super mini skirts. These were all things that sex workers would be wearing in order to sex work. And now it all becomes a trend and it's all an evolution. And it's... the. Every time I look around at the fact that somebody's proud enough to wear a crop top, somebody is proud enough to say that they're pansexual, bisexual, um, demisexual, all, all of the different spectrums of queerness and sexuality, it comes straight back to, like, Stonewall. Because yeah. it was truly a liberating moment, and that liberation is never going to come from going along to get along. <laughs> That's the thing. If they went along to get along, then they would have... They would have been arrested that night and nothing would have happened. It was no, been and decided. then there it goes. And we'll all just mm-hmm. be in the middle 1900s be, and I'll be a little housewife and we'll all have a great time. And, exactly. and there's really, I mean, there's no way to adequately make up for the credit that hasn't been given, but we mm-hmm. can start by being aggressively exactly. loud. And it's that's honestly what I love about not only this podcast, but all of the stuff that you're doing, all the stuff that has been happening recently, especially in light of the super fun government, um, is that (laughs) really in a lot of ways, especially, especially after the murder of George, George Floyd, just having it ramp up being white people going, I have the power to make more change because I'm white people are the people that are being listened to. And that's probably not going to change anytime soon. So it's like, we don't get to speak over black and brown people, but we get to open the door and use our resources and our privilege to get up to high places where we will be heard. And then bring in the real people and be like, you go, you go. And like, that's where privilege can be so powerful it can be wielded for for good you know and so many people think that there's and I literally like I hear white people my friends and my family say this like you are white people are so afraid of alienating themselves and saying something wrong that they don't say anything Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. it's like valid but say something, because even saying something slightly wrong is better than being a fucking bystander that does fucking nothing. That's the thing. I mean, you could, as long as you decide to stay silent, nobody's going to hear any of the voice that you have, which means that you're not adding your voice to the, to the resonance of what's happening. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the only thing that we guaranteed, to, the guarantee that we have every single day is that we have the power to use our voice. That is the one thing that don't cost no money. You don't have to pay rent for it. You don't have to goddamn do anything. You have your voice. And it's not about saying what's right. It's about saying what's on your heart because whether somebody else deems it right or wrong, it's up to you to grow and evolve into a person who's more empathetic, who's seeing that they can walk in Black trans power. It's about the fact that like using your voice is the only way to hone your voice. You can't get an amazing voice and understand what you want to do while you're keeping your mouth closed. You can't, you got to practice your instrument and your body is your instrument. Your voice is your instrument. And yeah, you probably are probably nervous to say something because you've never said anything before. (laughs) Yeah. It's your first little baby Bambi time. Exactly. And you also (laughs) have to trust that 
the people you have around you and the people you call community and family and friends and loved ones are are going to hold you accountable because it, accountability is nothing that should be terrifying. Accountability is one person saying, I care enough about you to get you together. And that's what you should be trusting your community and everyone around you to do when you do say something wrong. Because if, if you, you have to understand that every single person on this earth, me included, has the ability and the power to do harm. Do we want to do harm? No. But that is a thing that every single person has the power to do. And that's why we hold each other accountable. Because you may not know that some word is actually a, a slur and you didn't know it. Or you don't know that this word comes from a whole racist background. But that's why somebody informs you and somebody holds you accountable. Because we all can do harm. We all yeah. can. That's that's why it's like, I never believe that anybody is perfect. I'm never surprised by a celebrity who has a different accusation come out about them. Because I believe that every single person has the ability to do harm. I don't think we all want to do harm. But I think that it, unintentionally, we harm people. If you believe you haven't harmed somebody on this earth, then baby, that's a long <laughs> list of people who you are really unaware of. Yeah. That's, the that's why my language is always what it is when I talk to people and my energy is always what it is because I'm seeing you as a whole human being that I'm making sure I respect. I'm making sure that I'm not trying to put any harm into anybody else's path because that's the last thing I want them to do to me. I don't want anybody to ever have to feel the way that people made me feel growing up. And yeah. it, it takes intention and it takes power and it takes realizing that you have power. Because when you see yourself as powerless, you don't think you could do harm to anybody because you don't even like yourself enough to do harm to yourself. So you don't think it could happen. Yeah. I say it because that was me. <laughs> <laughs> like mm. we've now trans, we've transitioned to junior and speaking to junior now. Um, <laughs> no, I feel you. No, it's real. And, and it's, not just about accountability, but how you react to people holding you accountable. Cause mm -hmm. you can become the victim and be like, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. Why are you attacking me? But it's like, my friend, just say thank you and do better. Like exactly. it's not hard. Like you don't have That's to make a huge crying video on TikTok apologizing. Like oh apologize for real. The note that the oh my God. The note. And you take a little screenshot and you're like, I am not part of this narrative. Like, my friend, like, yes, apologize, but apologies mean nothing if there's no follow-up action. Because you can apologize, I mean, literally, my whole elementary school, like, if you did anything wrong, you just had to say you were sorry, and then you were absolved. Like, it doesn't matter if you mean it, it doesn't matter what you do after, you just say, I'm sorry, and then conflict mm -hmm. resolution, and, like, mm -hmm. there's glitter and rainbows. But yeah. you don't even, honestly, if I had to pick between an apology and changing your actions, I would take just changing your actions. I'd love both, a but oh, yeah. it's about follow-up. I'm a firm believer that apologies and love are two words that a lot of people can think of as nouns, but they're verbs. Yes. You have to show somebody that you love them. You have to show somebody that you actually are, like, remorseful for your behavior and your actions. You can't... Words... Anybody can say some words. Anybody, anybody can say, can some, say words. some words. I can say, I love you... To, with all of my breath and everything, but do I show you? Do I show up? Do I actually make you feel the love? Do I actually make you feel like I am remorseful for my actions? Do you? And that can that can be changed behavior. That could be you giving me money. That could be a lot of goddamn Both? things. Both. <laughs> Por qué no los dos? Por qué no los dos? Uh, 
Absolutely. No, I love the people that are like, you know, for this Pride Month, you can give money to me, a gay, directly. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's a joke, but also it's not. Oh, that's, there's no joke in it. At the, <laughs> at the end of the day, you have the power to make sure that any person who is marginalized has the ability to pay their rent, to make sure that they have food, and to, it's one of those very capitalist, I like, corporate ideals where, like, yeah, I can post about this. I can do this thing online and everything. But at the end of the day, we live in a capitalist society. And I hate that, but we live in it. And so we, but we do, the, and I need money. <laughs> your Part of your power is tied to your voice and your wallet. At the end of the day, you just saying words does nothing for me because I'm still hungry. And it's oftentimes the fact that, like, you can't make change and be comfortable at the same time. That's impossible. Yes. If you're still feeling comfortable in the fact of your financial situation, that's an issue. Because that means that you have not given any money to nobody else. What good is yeah. abundance if you're the only one that has it? Absolutely. And also, like, what a easy way to make a tangible difference in somebody's life. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. send me a cute 20 bucks. Like, that's gross. Oh, you better, you better triple that. You better triple yeah, well, that. I was, like, I was lowballing. I was lowballing. Um, no, have you, you know seen? What? It's 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 we're the Millers. This this crotch only takes twenties. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what Scott Pinkney, the lighting designer at Emerson, said? What it did was, he say? It's, it's one of my favorite pieces of advice. He said that your booking fee should always be the highest number you can say without laughing, and that I've taken that to the bank because yeah. literally it'll. Someone is like, how much money should I send you? And I literally sit and I'm thinking, I'm like. And you got to practice saying some numbers. Yeah. 250 is my go-to now. 250. Somebody's like, can I send you money? Yeah, this. And then when they're like, well, I can't really do that. I slowly bring it down. Slowly. I'm negotiating. It's like a reverse auction. Yeah. Because if you are straight, if you are cis, baby. If I was working a corporate job, I'd be making pennies or whatever you're making. It's time to redistribute some shit. And I want to see you give a number that makes you uncomfortable. If you're giving a number that you're like, oh, I could do this in a day. Oh, this is just a cup of coffee. Yeah, that's called comfortability. You need to be giving like you are uncomfortable. I want to see somebody have to like, yeah, you need to work some more hours to make that money back up because also my if that's a cup of up. coffee for them, that's a cup of coffee for you. Like, wow, I got you coffee once. But that part. rent, but rent, but insurance, like <laughs> you know? That, like if it's comfortable you know for I, you, <laughs> it's not gonna make a difference to them. Exactly. And I wanna see I my thing that I would like love to see is people who are actually in a place of privilege being the guarantors and the like lease people for people who can't get leases. Because for me, it was like one of those things where like, I got student debt, I am black, I am trans, I am queer. My credit score ain't the best. Exactly. And you're looking for these guarantors. And if I had a family member with enough money and credit in order to get an apartment, I wouldn't I wouldn't be in the position I'm in. I wouldn't be huh. performing in the back of bars. And so literally, we should do. Oh, we need to do mm-hmm. like, uh, like a dating app almost, where it's find a com- a financially comfortable white cisgender person yeah. to help you access basic human rights. And no yeah. questions asked. You never have to meet them. They just sign your shit, and like, yeah. 
And they're all that named like amazing. they're all Peter. They're all you know Brad. They're Alex. all you know yes, like Max. literally Max. Max. Oh yeah, they're all little. They're all little Maximilian golfers, and Back, they. Oh my god! It's fun. You're you're. Ooh, yeah, and like it's like, do you own a yacht? Do you go golfing on weekends? Do you own that golf cart? You could be eligible. Yes. And they yes. just partner you up, and then they just Venmo you shit, and you're good, and they sign Find papers. Oh Find my god, that's up. our that's our new venture. We're gonna if I knew anything yes. about. We're doing it. So, so you think you have privilege? Yeah. Oh, wait. Do you know the TV show So You Think You Can Dance? Oh, yes. Okay, okay. I was like, yes, I do. The name I of am it. white. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That's going to be a thing. So That'd you think you have name. privilege. And it's like, do, 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 are you comfortable? Can you pay rent without worrying about it? I was like, yes, I do, Junior. Are you trying to cancel me? I know I have privilege. I thought it wasn't a resort. That's autism. That's autism. Where I was just like taking it. That can't be a reference. That was just literal. Oh, my God. Because it was yeah. the tone, I, I said it in the tone they usually do it. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I did sound more serious than usual. Oh my God. Yeah. I was straight up. I was like, <laughs> is that not what we've been talking about this whole time? And that's autism. Um, <laughs> you're so good. Yes. And we'll have like a very thin white woman, like announcing the pairings yeah. live on TikTok. Um, yeah. And where you recognize her, you know, she's famous, but you can't name a single thing that she's done. Kelly Ripper. Sure. Yeah. She's yeah. done. Ooh. <laughs> She did it with the guy? And, yes, you, and yes. you have no idea what she's done. You just recognize her name from like... Oh, yeah. and, and she would sit in a chair. The, and she there would, were you know, chairs. And she was holding a drink, right? Which yes, you know, I remember. Yes. I firmly remember a drink. Think, I think she had hair. I think she had hair. The hair that was the color, right? And then she yes. did the cut with the... Oh, my God. Yes. So we're going to get one of those. Kelly Ripa, I know you're listening to my very beginning yeah. podcast. Um, please DM me at Jenny Chapman Photography. We have a job for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm so into it. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, I want you, I mean, this is like not even a good transition. Please tell me about the makeup, the makeup line that is happening. Oh, yeah. please. It's so um, fucking cool. <laughs> Thank also, you. whoever is doing your marketing, like doing those shoots and stuff, mwah, fre- like just chef's kiss, A plus. It's Thank so you. fucking professional, and it's so you. Thank you. Yeah, it's so um, it's called Minty Makeup, and it um, we launched it in 2021 in the quarantine. Um, it all came from a friend of mine asking um, what I wanted to do with my career when my body physically couldn't perform because like, it's not a matter of if you become disabled, it's a matter of when, because everybody's body will change and drift in different ways. And we'll all have to be able to learn and adapt. And it was one of those things no one had ever asked me. And so the first thing that came to mind was makeup because that was like the real crux of me realizing my transness because I'd be doing drag and I'd feel great, but then taking it off at night, I'd be so emotional. And so when it got to the point of thinking about makeup, I realized that the only time that I allowed myself to see myself as a woman was when I was doing drag and then realizing I could do, I could see myself as a woman all the goddamn time. 
and it all came through makeup. And so um, we like sampled, we found manufacturers, all the things. And I founded it and then immediately um, brought my friend on who asked me the question, Harrison, as our, um, as our basically like COO, chief operating officer. Cause I was like, if there's one thing a black trans woman don't got time for, it's emails, figuring out shipping, figuring out all these different things. I was like, do you want to do this? And together we have created something that I'm just, I didn't think I could have this all happen because less than a year out from it being created, I think it was like 10 months, um, we made a deal with JCPenney Beauty and 13 Loon, and we're going to be in over 600 stores across the country. And yeah, it's wild. And I'm just, I'm overjoyed at the fact that I get to pay Black trans people to be a part of this. Um, with everything that's happening, it looks like we'll probably start hiring employees, which sounds weird, because like, it's it's just very strange. I'm like I'm still just processing it. It, it feels so like, like high up and real, and like how it, it well, that happens so fast, and it's like wow, that's really yeah. fucking real and well deserved. But shit, that's wow. Thank that's real. you. I I wanted to make something where you feel beautiful wearing it, but you also realize your value and how beautiful you are, whether you're putting it on, taking it off, or decide to never wear it. Because yeah. I don't ever want it to be like a lot of the makeup and beauty brands that I saw growing up where it basically, if you didn't attain that person's beauty in the photo, you really weren't that cute. And I wanted to make something where truly it's an artistic tool for you to help discover yourself. Because I know that I discovered myself through it. I discovered how I love all the features of my face through getting to like, come up with different contours and reshape my eyebrows in different ways and loving the fact that at the end of the day, I always get to go back to this. It was yeah. one of those beautiful, joyous moments and like a truly euphoric moment. And I'm so excited and thankful for the fact that other people have found themselves through it and other people have gotten to have my process with makeup in their own life because truly makeup is like one of my favorite things you get to really see how somebody feels on the inside when they paint it on the outside. And yeah. it makes me so happy. I've seen kids run up to me and basically be like, I'm wearing your blush right now. My mommy let me buy it and I play around in the colors. And I'm like, ah, oh, oh. it's and unthankful. Imagine getting to them that early and having that be a foundational part of who they are as a person, especially yeah. the not AFAB people that mm -hmm. are going to get to do this and be empowered by that and have that be a formative memory for them that then translates to everything else they do in their lives where, like, it's just mm -hmm. self-expression. And one thing that, again, going back to, like, the marketing and the casting of the marketing where it's very obviously not cisgender people it is exclusively melanated people like it yes. and that's also another thing that you see in like drugstore makeup mainstream makeup like mm -hmm. first of all it's all white people in the ads and it's you can swatch all day long as a white person but like it does it even show up on melanated exactly. skin that's you get to like your darkest foundation shade is like light cocoa. And it's like, that's not even dark enough to be a mm -hmm. highlight for you. Like yeah. it's, it's so colorful mm -hmm. and bright and amazing and pigmented. Mm -hmm. And it, 
you don't have to obviously it also works for white people everything works for white people but like <laughs> that's but, <laughs> but that's not what it's about it's you know i can only imagine trying to find makeup that works for you especially as a very melanated person like anything that you, you're not even gonna find a foundation you're not even gonna find a foundation like thank god for fenty yeah. beauty like that's the really that, that holy shit that was the first makeup that i think i found like my shade in and yeah. it yeah i wanted to make something that centered my community because it's like it's like black trans power everybody can walk in black trans power and uplift black trans people every single day but at the end of the day black trans power is centered on black trans individuals it is rooted in our cause our perspective our views and so everybody can wear this makeup. But at the end of the day, at the heart of it is making sure that any Black trans person who picks this up can find their beauty and their worth and their value through it. And yeah. even just from a logistical technical standpoint, most of the brands were like, basically, you can tell that they formulated everything for white people is that like now understanding makeup manufacturing, you find out that like in order to cut costs on things, they put less pigmentation and less products in it that actually create pigment because... When your skin is white, literally, it's like it's like a canvas. It can take oh, yeah. any color. Oh yeah, a literal canvas. Like it's gonna be the lightest little sheer thing, and I'm like, ooh, purple, like because I'm a fucking ghost. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's and that's obviously who they're marketing towards because that's what's beautiful, right? You have to be pale. Mm -hmm. You need to be thin. That is what is beautiful, and that's exactly. also stupid, and I hate it. But the fact that, like, honestly, if anyone is listening who is black or brown or like really just has this I can't even imagine like obviously mm -hmm. this is like a privileged thing that you don't think about like yeah I can go to fucking CVS and find makeup that works for me of course I can that everyone has that right no and and the fact that you have range and color and pigmentation that you can really create whatever kind of look you're looking for without having to watch 500 YouTube videos to see if it will yep. even show up on your skin like yep. that's such a given that I think lighter skinned people and white people just really don't even think of because of course everyone should have that. Exactly. That's a basic thing. Of course everyone has that, right? Exactly. And That's part of why I'm so excited to be in JCPenney is because for me, yeah. when they reached out to us, it was like getting to be in a space that like I had to shop in as a kid and me getting my school clothes and everything there because it was quality, but it was also very affordable. And yeah. I want, I don't want my face to be in a space where black trans people wouldn't be able to walk in and feel comfortable. And for me, I never feel comfortable walking into a Sephora. I'm like, the moment that you got somebody dressed up as security at the door, I'm immediately like, okay, so we're giving police state. We're giving full police state. And for me, JCPenney is, I, 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 when I just finished doing a pop-up for JCPenney and literally seeing all the people in the JCPenney, I literally was like, why do you all look like my mom and my family members? Why do you all look like the people in my community who I was hoping to have reflected in the makeup? And yeah, yeah I love it. I'm so thankful I make something that I actually love too. Because oh my god, and it's, it's gonna nice it's it, it, it. it's gonna be impactful. It already is impactful. Like it's it's filling this space that so many people don't even know needs to be filled because we have everything is handed to us as white people. Like, of course it works. Of course makeup works. Of course you have clothes that fit. Of course you have, like, of course. Does not everybody? Mm -hmm. Does not everybody? Because it is basic shit that, of 
course, in an ideal world, everyone has makeup that works for them. And so Mm -hmm. because everyone in your very white circles is able to access that without a problem, you don't think about it and go, I wonder about this, because that's just so far from anything that you'd experience and Mm -hmm. what a way to do that oh my god like literally like you were really at the top of my list but I was like oh what are what are people who are some people that I really want to bring on that are really like doing (laughs) it in the most beautiful colorful meaningful way possible and that's really who you are not only as a person to me but like all the shit you're doing like with your career like thank god you're not exclusively designing sets like really, <laughs> it would be a great loss to the world really thank you thank you all right you ready for some rapid fire let's do it let's do it um what <laughs> is your favorite podcast at the moment aside from this one obviously period um I, my favorite is always um sibling rivalry with bob and monet Mm-hmm. Bob Drag Queen and Monet It is just, it's unbridled, like, Black queerness. And it is just always my favorite. <laughs> I feel like probably half of that podcast, like, if you really, like, cut it all up and, like, we're doing percentages, I think half of that podcast is just screen cackling. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and them attacking each other in a loving way where they're yeah. like... You can tell, you're like, okay, y'all really are basically siblings. Y'all bigger like it. Oh, mm-hmm. and honestly, I literally saw a TikTok this morning of um, Bob was recording something with um, Peppermint. And mm-hmm. Bob literally just went, okay, Monet. And Peppermint goes, because he, yes. yeah, did you see it? And, and literally yes. Bob is like, church lady walking out oh. being like, get the, t- get the taxi. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Thank you for being so kind. Goodbye. And just escorts herself out like what a joyful space oh okay yes and obviously as usual i will be putting links to all of these in the show notes because all of you had better go listen to this if you have not already like this is a beautiful just if i honestly would not recommend listening to it in public or like on public transportation unless you want to get looks because you're rolling on the ground screaming laughing actually Um, though Actually, yeah, so definitely listen at your own peril, um, but highly recommend. Okay, amazing. Um, what is your comfort food right now, your go-to? Um, it's always either crawfish or french fries. Ooh, why not both? Por qué no los dos? Honestly, so the thing about Cajun food is that they'll all, they never really serve you french fries. The potato they serve you are like, boiled half cut or quarter cut potatoes like red potatoes and i'm not gonna lie it just the consistency hits so good i've tried french fries with it but it just i love the little boiled potato because they give you crawfish in a bag with the um, beautiful sauce some white rice on the side so you can soak up the juices corn on the cob potato and broccoli holy shit it's the best and i also love a meal where you have to like work to eat it because I eat slower that way. Because I would like inhale everything. <laughs> you got you 20 gotta minutes, we're done. Over. It's like a timeline. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, if it, aside from us swearing throughout this episode, this episode is now rated explicit because of that description. Like that was <laughs> pornographic. Like I, I was experiencing it with you. Holy shit. Have you ever eaten crawfish? 
Um, I'm autistic, so I can only eat beige things that don't taste like anything. Work. Respect. Yeah. Come through. I would love to have you cook for me one day. Honestly, if honestly, you'd be like white people seasoning. Um, but I do make a meat like if I'm gonna be like mm, spicy. Um, honestly, what's the spiciest thing I eat? Um, oh, here I have a I have a total blind spot for garlic. Ooh, it's a, it's I've only had a select few food experiences where it has been too garlicky for me. I love. I feel the same way about garlic. I yeah. you can put garlic on anything for me. Garlic mac and cheese. Ooh. Yeah. And like, really, it, it, that's my that's my one thing. Cause like, I'm so sensitive to smells, especially mm. that like a lot of spicier things. I just I can't even get near it to try it, which is so mm. sad. Cause all the sensory stuff is so heightened. Um, mm -hmm. But garlic, I'm like, I want to be in that. I want to be in the garlic. That you peel Respect. open the garlic, and it's just me being like, hi. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm a beige buffet bitch, and you know what? That's just how it is, unfortunately. <laughs> we respect it. We respect uh, it. It's it's not a choice, but you know, it's we do what we can. We do what we can. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve? Um, and let's and let's look. We all know what we're raging about these days. Let's pick a petty <laughs> pet peeve that is like what's that like truly a pet peeve, not like the entire system is broken and it's white supremacy. Like we know what's oh, that's that not, you're just, uh, that's, that's not, not a pet peeve. No, like let's, let's, we're not doing therapy. I want to fucking, it's not even a pet peeve, a petty peeve. Like what's something that's so petty that you're just like, Oh, I can't stand it. I really, really. Oh, I, okay. I despise despise when people don't get a response in like the time that they hope for a response and they send that passive aggressive like two second question now. marks oh <gasps> no that's the thing i can do a second e please send me another email I'll be like hey i know you're probably busy or whatever but just, when somebody, people will send a text where you'll just get it and it'll just be literally like two question marks like and it'll be less than 24 hours it'll literally be like and it'll be at the most random time. So it'll be at like 4.30 a.m. And you're oh like. Oh, my God. Are you really I up in the middle of the night thinking about that I haven't responded? I'm really, really? Okay. I'm so sorry. I could not convenience you at 4 a.m. I do not like passive aggression. I'm like, I'd, just be aggressive. Just be aggressive with me, please. Because the <laughs> yeah. passive aggression is the thing. I'm like, you can send a text and be like, okay, have you not gotten my text? Are you missing my text? Are you too busy? Like, all the things. With the two little question marks, I am ready to fight. Because I'm like, now I don't want to answer your question at all. No, I never want to respond to you. I, That's, I'm, yeah. I'm an Aries. I'm an Aries, so it's the smallest thing. I'm an Aries rising. Ooh. And it's just, I'd rather, and a Leo son, obviously. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you look up Leo in the dictionary, it's me it's my headshot <laughs> taken by myself um don't crop the watermark you know how it is um, don't crop the watermark oh my god i love that that's what i'm really known for from college is like don't crop the fucking watermark now i just have a legal document that you need to sign that says that you will credit me so you know we do that instead now um, you said contract 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. We love a contract, a really solid. And also, contracts go both ways. Like, I want to know what I can expect from you, my client, and I want you to be able to know what you can expect from me. So there's no fucking surprises or misunderstandings when you go, oh, I thought I was going to get all the raw files that are ugly and hideous and not representative of your work. And I'm like, why would you think that? It said in the contract, if you read the, my, honestly, my pet peeve is people that sign the contract and don't read it. And then are like, why, why aren't you doing this? And I'm like, oh, in the document that I sent you to, to read and sign, it seems like maybe you skipped a step two. And I'm, like still gonna hold, I'm still going to hold it to you. I'm still going to hold you to it, even if you didn't read it. Because it was oh, yeah. assumed that by signing it, you read it. So that's not a fun excuse. Nobody forced you to not read it. Nobody, Nobody forced, forced you to not read it. it. Ah, mm. Amazing. Um... What is your favorite thing about yourself right now? This can be like, there's no vanity. You can pick something physical. You can pick something fabulous and metaphorical on the inside. I don't even give a shit. What do you love about <laughs> yourself today? Um, I mean, there's a lot of things. And that's so good. Get, oh, yeah. I, I, I'll say my kindness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful my thing. My kindness. Mm -hmm. I love a lot of things about me. Well, actually, I kind of love everything about me. I'm great. Because even when it, even in the parts that you don't like or understand, it's like, I'm still like, bitch, and that informs the other parts of me. That yeah. informs everything else. Because it's like, the fact that I know that I can be, as an Aries, a little temperamental is the type of thing where I'm like, and I love the fact that I'm aware of myself enough to be able to, like, check myself and be like, Julia, you're doing the most right now. Calm down. Yeah, you can have, like things that are not 100% positive and flawless about you, but it's about mm -hmm. being able to call yourself out on it and be like, as long exactly. as you're self-aware, it doesn't matter exactly. as much. Exactly. And, and I say my kindness because I treat myself with so much kindness all the time. I'm so proud of that. And that's part of why, like, I love every part of me because anytime I see something that I'm like, ooh, we might want to work on this is the moment where I'm like, I love that I treat myself with the kindness to know that like, I love myself no matter what's happening, but I also love myself yeah. enough to know how I can do better. And that's unconditional love. I mean, like the, yeah. the love you have for yourself should be unconditional because you're constantly evolving. You're never going to hit a finish, like finish line where you're like, I'm done evolving now. Mm -hmm. I'm peak me. Um, exactly. And honestly, like, I love to say, like, I'm dressing for my inner child. I am acting on behalf of my inner child. Like, I want to, yes. I don't give a shit if you like me, if you're proud of me. Like, I need 10-year-old me to be on the floor being yep. so fucking proud of, like, that she could ever have been anything like this. And that includes mm -hmm. going, ha, ha, let's go to therapy about that one. And yes. that's love, too. And that's what mm -hmm. you were saying earlier about holding other people accountable. That's love, too. And yes. saying, let's let's work on that. Maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you haven't gotten to the point where you've learned that. And you can turn that mm -hmm. right around yourself. Like holding yourself accountable is also unconditional oh, love. It starts with you. The boundaries that you set with yourself and the way you maintain those boundaries is the same way you'll maintain them with other people. If you allow yourself to get away with anything that you do to yourself, you'll allow anybody else to get away with whatever they want to you. And I say That's it so as a real. person who literally went through it. <laughs> yeah. I, oh my God. That's so real. Allow people to walk all over me because maybe I allowed myself to walk all over myself. I allowed every single part of me to not be in touch with myself enough that like I didn't take care of any part of me. I didn't take care of myself. You set the precedent. 
Exactly. You're the yeah. foundation for everything you witness in your life. Yeah. And honestly, like one thing I always, that I always practice, that has been a practice, so not always working, um, is especially in high school and, and college as well. Like I would catch myself being really mean to myself, like really mm-hmm. bad talk, like just like, oh, well, you're stupid. You, how would you possibly think that you were going to do this? Like, or you're mm-hmm. ugly. This outfit looks stupid. Why did you think you could pull that off? And being able, it's not even about turning that voice off because it's always going to be there because society, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but being able to catch yourself and pretend it's someone else speaking to you. And it's like, would you let someone else talk to you mm-hmm. that way? Would you talk to someone else that way? Like, pick someone you love. Pick your partner, your best friend, whatever. Would you say that to them? What would you yeah, say to someone you. that was saying that to them? Like, I would I would get up in their face and be like, what the fuck? Like, that's you don't yeah. talk to someone like that. Well, then why are you accepting it from you? Exactly. Why are you letting yourself talk to you like that? That's insane. We, we easily are our worst enemies. It does the same it, damage. Exactly. 100%. Period. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, please, obviously, everyone that's listening is now your biggest fan, except for not because it's me. Um, <laughs> where can people find you? Where can they follow up if they're in New York? Where can, like, how can people celebrate and donate to and take part in all the beautiful, wonderful art that you're making in your life? Absolutely. There's Quite a few ways, okay. I I'll put all of them in links, so really say all of them. I'm going to write them down, and I'll put them in the show notes. So the first thing is, um, like, you can find me on Instagram at Junior mm-hmm. with Two Cheese, um, and through there you'll be able to find, um, so I'm creating my own talk show. We had our coming out party um, this past June. And it's the Junior Mint Show. Um, It is, the entire writing room is black and queer and black and trans. And it looks like we're currently in talks with a few different studios to possibly pick it up. And we're filming the full, I know, it's wild. And it looks like we're, um, T.S. Madison is going to be our guest for, um, it's going to, we're filming the full episode in September or October, possibly November, depending on T.S.'s schedule and where she's at. But um, basically, we're going to be filming that and, hopefully getting picked up for a full season. Um, and that is the Junior Mint Show. Um, and that's the Junior Mint Show on Instagram as well. There's also a website for you to check out photos, videos, all the things. And then there's also my makeup line, which you can find online at mintymakeup.com, minty with two Ts. You can also find it online at 13loon.com, which is um, a makeup... I don't even know the word for they're like a community board type makeup organization where they compile all of these black and brown and queer and trans owned makeup lines into one space where they then ship it out so basically they have their own foundation they have their own fan base and everything that buys from them and they get new product from them but you can also officially find us on jcpenny.com as well um, and then we'll physically be in JCPenney stores, over 600 of them, starting in September. Um, and then the final thing, I <laughs> know, told you there's so many things. The no, that's thing, allowed. <laughs> the final thing is my, um, my drag show, which has been running for over three years. Um, we produce a show once a month um, at $3 Bill. It's the second Wednesday 
Um, and it's in Brooklyn. And then we have a show that is um, every fourth Wednesday at Come On Everybody, which is our open set show for newer and beginning performers in order to give them the opportunity to get stage time, actually get paid for their time, actually have it be a show that's uplifting to them and gives them opportunities, as opposed to the open set stuff that people do now where it's like, show up at 2.30, you're going to do one number, nobody's probably going to tip you because they've already tipped us the entirety of the night earlier, and thank you so much, there's no drink tickets for you. And we want, exactly, and we wanted to give people the opportunity to actually grow and be able to have a space that they can call a community. So yeah. that is at In Living Color BK on Instagram. Okay. Um, and I think that it, yeah, because I have to finish writing the one woman show before I can like talk about it, I guess. That'll okay. be, I'll have you back. I'll have you back, obviously. Yes. Um, and most importantly, where can people pay you? Oh, yes, 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 yes. On Vimbo, Cash App, and PayPal, I'm Junior Mint with two T's. And I strongly recommend for anybody listening that if, you, if you're paying me, please go out and find another Black trans person as well to pay. Somebody who does not follow whatever respectability politics you believe in. So if you're like, oh, I usually don't pay sex workers, find a Black trans sex worker. If you're like, oh yeah, like I don't usually find myself in a space with non-binary people, you better start paying Black trans non-binary individuals. Find yes. somebody who would not be getting any form of shine or upliftment if it wasn't for you seeking them out. Because we exist every single day, but whether you see us is up to you. And so go and find somebody that you normally wouldn't see. Wow. That, wow. I have so many ideas of things that I need to needlepoint on pillows now. Wow. <laughs> so like, go along to get along. Like, we exist every day, but whether you see us is up to you. Like, really, legitimately. Like, I'm joking about the needlepointing, but, like, that shit's powerful, dude. Like, really. Girl. You know how, you know how wild it is? Because these always, like, I, they just come out when I'm speaking in the moment. Like, I never, like, these are never, like, pre-reminded things. Like, I just, wow. I said that for the first time. It is my favorite thing because that's how I know I'm really, like. You're just... in the zone, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. go to church, but I think I just did. I'm, I believe when I, they always tell you in church growing up that, like, when two or more people are gathered, Jesus is there. I believe that when two or more queer people are there, Marsha is here, Sylvia is here. I always think of it because to believe I believe, I believe that to believe in something that you can't tangibly see or feel or like touch is queer. So to believe in queerness and to believe that you are queer in a thing that is literally at the end of the day, how we feel is something that is absolutely beautiful and queer. And that is my favorite part about it is, yeah, most people, most Christians would not believe that believing is queer, but honey, Jesus was hung from a cross, honey. He was staked, honey, and he had his little six-pack abs going. He had his little <laughs> belt. He was chilling with Mary Magdalene. He was in Sodom and Gomorrah with all the sex workers and all the queer people. He was down. That's the thing. So My many mom, dude friends. All the apostles were... That's... You don't understand. Like, statistically speaking, one in ten, so you do the oh, math. Babe, don't get me started. Don't get me started, because literally, <laughs> uh, one... Would I have loved to be there? Yes. But two, would I have taken part in the sexual stuff? No, because baby, they did not have cleaning out back then. It was just go with the energy, go with the vibe. And I'm like, I love my baby wipes too much. I love my baby wipes too much. 
Like, I, can we, oh, can we, can we get some like I, Purell, like for the that, hands? Can we? You that you don't know how much I think about this because every single time I think about like Greek bathhouse, and I'm like, you know, it smells wild in there. Like Roman's the idea re- is fantastic. Execution based on the time period, very maybe mm-hmm. not. Thick, Roman mm, like Romans brush their teeth. teeth with urine. It it's. <laughs> it's sterile. I like it's how I started to the history channel. But Welcome like, to me. Uh, again, the idea is so fantastic. Like, yes, pee is sterile, a hundred percent. Do I want no? No, I don't. Mm. Mm. <laughs> like, you're not you're not minty episode. fresh anymore. You're like pee pee fresh. Like, that's not anything. No. Oh, <gasps> lemon sour, lemon sour. Ooh. Uh, horrible. I, I love that this is how the episode ends. Talking about urine, not cleaning out. <laughs> through. Oh my god. Yeah, well, well, we'll do a history podcast next. It'll be me and you. It'll be so great. Because, um, like, again, so many things in history were, like, really technologically advanced and, like, the idea was fantastic. Um, execution based on the resources at hand, questionable. Yeah. And most of all the things that we appreciate the most in the world came from black and queer people and brown people. It's yes. one of my favorite goddamn things in the world. Because do you know that a black person made the, um, the traffic light, invented it? I think I knew that. A, a black that person familiar. invented um, elevators. Peanut butter. Peanut butter. It's I like love peanut all butter. The, hey, you Everything got all good that in this world. Everything good in this world. I love it. Marginalized people have done it better, and then all the privilege come by and colonize it. That's real. Holy shit. Oh. Um, thank you. Really. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Um, wow. Really? Such a fucking honor. You are hearing the door open right now. My fiance is walking in. It's all good. No worries. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being here. You are truly incredible. I, wow. Say bye to everyone. Please give Junior money. Bye. Love y'all.